0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Able Voices Podcast. I'm Dr. Rhoda Bernard, founding managing director of the Berkeley Institute for Accessible Arts Education, and I am proud to present this podcast featuring disabled artists and arts educators. We are inviting artists with disabilities to be guest hosts for the Able Voices Podcast. Today's guest host is para athlete and musician Ella Bovard. Ella Bovard is a 22 year old para athlete and musician. Ella's main sports are triathlon, wheelchair rugby, and motorsport. Ella plays guitar and sings and gigs regularly in pubs and at festivals in the summer. Ella has been a full-time wheelchair user for three and a half years and a musician for around two and a half years.
1: Hello and welcome to the Able Voices podcast. My name is Ella Bouvard and I'm a disabled singer and guitarist based just outside of London. Today I'll be interviewing the lovely Lolly Davis. Lolly is an Australian musician currently studying at the Royal College of Music London. As a recorder player, she enjoys exploring music of all styles from history as well as modern music. She has a particular passion for exploring the role of disability in music as a wheelchair user of going on five years. So hello Lolly. how are you today? And if you want to tell us anything else about yourself that I've missed, feel free.
2: I think you've got it all in there. Yeah, pretty good, pretty good, all good today.
1: (laughs) Cool. So, I'd like to start off by asking you about your story as an artist. How did you get started and what led you to where you are today?
2: Big question. So, I grew up in a small town just outside of a city called Newcastle on the east coast of Australia. Um, And I came from quite a musical home. We always had music playing, but uh, it wasn't so much classical music or anything in particular. And then my mum enrolled me in music classes when I was about four. And I started playing lots of different instruments and the recorder and then the violin and the piano. But I always kind of wanted to just play the recorder always. So I taught myself (laughs) how to play the recorder for a long time and then when I was 11 I just happened to meet a teacher through a school that I was going to and she kind of told me you know the recorder is a real instrument you can um, go far with it so I started lessons with her and I kind of joined the local folk scene and I played a lot of traditional music I was in a few ensembles and bands and then yeah so when I was 15 I had an infection and I lost the use of a lot of the use of my lower body and I had to go through all of that rehab and all of those not so fun things and kind of learn how to exist again and throughout that I kind of the only thing that I still had from before was my music and So when I was going through all of those processes, I always had music to practice, and I kind of think that that is one of the things that helped me kind of get life back together. And then in 2020, uh, lockdown happened. What's fun? (laughs) And I yeah, (laughs) (laughs) I started online lessons with a teacher in Germany called Anna Stegman, and I sort of briefly mentioned to her that I was thinking about applying to uni to study recorder um and kind of thought that people would laugh at me but uh she was very enthusiastic and uh helped me with my applications and then I ended up being offered a place and a scholarship at the RCM and moved here and here we are
1: (laughs) that's so cool so how long have you been here now
2: uh two years yeah
1: very good ages very nice how are you like if you like it are we yeah are we nice I mean to be in?
2: <laughs> it's really nice it's quite cold
1: but yeah <laughs> so you sort of touched on it a bit in your answer there anyway but you know you like myself are a full-time wheelchair user so you know I wanted to talk about how you navigate that in the world of classical music and have you had any experiences that stand out to you either good or bad and another thing I wanted to touch on is obviously you played recorder pre injury and post injury. So if there's any sort of massive differences that you notice both before and after, then feel free to speak about those.
2: Yeah. Oh wow. I mean I think I don't know, but you probably from your experience as well, it's like you almost have two different lives. They're just so different. Mm -hmm. But I don't I don't think that I would be a musician were it not for my injury just because it kind of gave me an excuse i guess to be visible and it kind of doesn't give you a choice uh in terms of standing out and so i think sort of doing something weird you know it's just the icing on the cake really because i'm always going to be a bit different uh so i think that's one of the big kind of benefits that i've noticed is kind of just not not really caring <laughs> about what other people <laughs> think is normal or think of what I'm doing yeah and then I think there are all of those not so fun things that come with being disabled mostly just from society and from the accessibility within the industry which I know is improving but isn't necessarily at the place where I feel it should be and often kind of leads both myself when I know other people feeling quite isolated and alienated from the world of music and classical music which obviously I didn't have before so things like yeah just venues being so inaccessible and this kind of lack of acknowledgement of the wider issues you know uh, having difficulty getting to concert venues and that kind of thing it's just not mm-hmm. something that's really taken seriously it's sort of well we're accessible so like that's everything's done um yeah I see one, yeah, and then, I'm gonna yeah. Jump in.
1: one thing that I find is that a lot of places cater for disabled audiences but not necessarily disabled artists because they're not expecting that yeah. so no, you know, the sort of front of the house and all that stuff is completely accessible and then you try and get on stage and they're like oh no there's yes. seven steps and you're like, "Yeah." yeah.
2: And it's not something they'd put on their website either. You know, they just say, oh, we're accessible. We're so accessible. (laughs) Can I get on the stage? Do I have to crawl onto the stage?
1: Oh, don't (laughs) do
2: I've stopped doing that. I made a New Year's resolution last year. Stop crawling on stage. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, and I've definitely kind of lost opportunities because of kind of logistical difficulties, I think. I guess that's Mm -hmm. a big thing. Yeah so many things just all mm. of things yeah yeah <laughs> it's a lot yeah <laughs> heavy but yeah no
1: it's really, it's really interesting um and I'm glad I'm not the only one that crawls on stage yes
2: <laughs> like it, I just yeah. sometimes when I'm doing it I'm thinking oh god like everyone yeah. must have so mad
0: <laughs> yeah no yeah you know, I, always,
2: I always make a thing where I, I can't wear skirts on stage like, it's just such a weird thing. But, you know, you don't want to flash anyone as you're, like, climbing on stage. And you never quite know if you're going to be able to get on. So you've always got to wear a yeah. jumpsuit. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah.
1: So um, what projects have you been working on recently or have you got lined up in the near future?
2: Uh, well, I'm so busy. But um, when I have to say what I've got going on, it never sounds like that much. Um <laughs> I've got like a lot of concerts on at the moment I'm doing lots of kind of uh, contemporary music working with composers for a few different projects uh, within college and concerts for those and then I've got kind of a long-term project I'm trying to kind of collate very like um, make a database kind of of disabled composers throughout history because there's not really anything that exists like that so I'm that's sort of something that's happening every day behind the scenes that has not come to fruition yet so hopefully will in the near future um so
1: we're going to listen to a recording of you playing and if you could just tell me what it is what it's about what it means to you before we listen
2: yeah so um this is a piece for solo recorder it was written in i think the early 1600s by a composer called jacob van eyck who uh, was himself a blind musician, a recorder player, and a bell maker, and he was employed by his local council. Uh, rumor has it to scare off rowdy youths from the square by improvising on popular tunes of the day, and this is called Fantasia and Echo, and it's most supposed to imitate uh, kind of the sounds of the square and the sounds of the echoes coming from above and below
1: that sounds so cool
2: I just like again like this
1: is where you know so much gets missed with disabled artists like in the past and present which is awful because you know modern day we should be hearing about them but I you know I don't know anything about any past disabled composers but he sounds cool
2: yeah so many there are so many (laughs) on the list
1: So, yeah, that was great. Thank you very much for sharing that with us. And then to finish the episode, what advice would you give to other disabled musicians or artists and you know anyone who might be a bit worried about getting into the industry? Just you know, tips and tricks that you've learned along the way, that sort of thing.
2: So I've written in my notes: look after your shoulders, and that's all I've written. Uh I suppose that's probably true for all manual wheelchair users, but um, particularly if you're gonna play music, look after your shoulders. And then I think the big thing is to really embrace the kind of the idea that all the issues you're facing are not your own fault, they're the fault of the world around you, and it's the world that needs to change and not you. And that's very hard to kind of internalize that, but it does happen with time, I think, and also to try and make friends, reach out to people. you know we met on Instagram. I think if you reach out to people you'll realize that there are plenty of us but there also aren't that many of us so we kind of need to know each other and support each other and just kind of lean into it you know you've got something that makes you different and you can either let that take away from it or you can let that add to your experience and to your art oh I love that
1: yeah no definitely I, I mean for me it's super interesting talking to you you know, probably if we were both able-bodied, I wouldn't necessarily be talking to yeah. someone who plays recorder. I'd be talking to other singers and guitarists. So, you know, again, it's sort of that common de- denominator that brings you together. So, yeah, that's really cool. Thank you so much for taking the time to chat with me today. Um, thank you for I've having me. I've had a great me. time. I hope you have too. Um, and So, yeah, thank you so much for joining me today, both Lali and anyone listening. And I will be hosting the next couple of episodes. So hopefully you listen to those too.
0: Cable Voices is a production of the Berkeley Institute for Accessible Arts Education, led by me, Dr. Rhoda Bernard, the founding managing director. It is produced by Daniel Martinez del Campo. The intro music is by Kai Levin, and our closing song is by Sebastian Batista. Kai and Sebastian are students in the arts education programs at the Berkeley Institute for Accessible Arts Education. If you would like to learn more about our work, Find us online at berkeley.edu slash B-I-A-A-E or email us at B-I-A-A-E at berkeley, that's L-E-E, dot edu.